valleys that bid lives and churches. Amen. The importance of values. For the next slide up, please. It's hard, not hard to make decisions once you know what your values are. That's the importance of values. Life is all about decisions. You know, we make the decisions we make every day, even if it's to get up in the morning. Okay, we make decisions. And the most important thing about our decisions is that they may, they must have some basis that helps us to live our lives in a uh, productive way. And so, that's, that's the importance of values. Just go to the next slide, please. This is where we started. We started off, first of all, talking about gratitude and joy, being grateful and joyful. The importance, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. It's not, it doesn't say give thanks for everything, but it says in everything, give thanks. So it's important to have uh, a thankful heart, uh, irrespective of what's happening in our lives. Not easy, but uh, the psalmist says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So that is a joy that comes not from my circumstances, but it comes from the fact that I know that I'm a child of God. In the, in the words of the songs that we've sang this morning, that we know that God loves us. And God is a good God no matter what may be going on in our lives. So that's gratitude. And then the, the, the second thing we looked at was the subject of uh, wholeness, being uh, recognizing that, uh, that the message of the gospel is simply this, that... Uh, uh, we were broken when God, uh, when man was made in the image of likeness of God, but he lost his way. He lost his way. When man first came from the hand of God, he was complete. He was whole. Uh, and uh, Adam functioned, uh, and Eve functioned as God intended man to function. He was, in fact, functioning in the image and the likeness of God. But now, outside of Christ, mankind has lost that likeness. We are, we, we, without Christ, we, we live in the brokenness of sin. We reminded ourselves, okay, of that scripture in Leviticus, and the Lord says, For you shall be holy, for I, the Lord, am holy. And I have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. And we... We looked at that scripture and we, we understood that uh, that word holy actually comes from the same root as uh, we have for the word in English, whole. And so God is whole. And his purpose is that we too now will be returned to our wholeness in him through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, 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 we understood from the uh, scripture that, that, that tells us that in Christ, all the fullness of God dwells in him and that we have now been made complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's where we've been. And we're going to go forward. We're going to go into, into it. 
the previous slide said destiny, but I want to change that. I want to change. It's about being committed to fulfilling God's purposes in my life. In my life. Um, now I'm sure that if you listen and watch a lot of preachers on the, on the TV these days, I'm sure that you've noticed that there is a big emphasis on this subject um, in a lot of preaching these days. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, much of what we hear is little different than what secular self-help and motivational gurus teach in their seminars. We are inclined to, you know, to make our personal uh, uh, perfection or fulfillment or satisfaction the goal of our lives. And in fact, that is why, as I've just mentioned, there are many self-help and motivational speakers out there actually making a fortune. Charging two, three hundred dollars a seminar for you to go and listen to them telling you how to become the best you can be. Unfortunately, a lot of preaching these days is simply about being the best that you can be. But it's important this morning, I believe, that as disciples of the Lord Jesus, we consider this subject from a proper biblical perspective. We need to have a biblical perspective on the subject. It's true we all seek significance in one way or another that, that we hope will translate into a, a, an inner sense of purpose in life, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the secular realm. We ask questions like, where do I fit in? What is my role? What career should I pursue? Where is my place? What is my calling? What is my ministry? What is my gifting? What spiritual gifts do I have? Now, the Bible teaches us that there's a purpose in God for each and every one of us. Go to the next slide, please. We've already, in the scripture reading this morning, come across this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, a lot of people grasp hold of this verse. But we need to re- remember what the context of that verse is. Because what God is saying to the people then, and what he says to us through this verse is simply this. No matter what I ask you to go through, I know what I'm doing. The children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon. And they were praying to God to to deliver them from captivity. And along comes a prophet and tells them, no, I'm not going to deliver you. You're going to stay here for 70 years and just get on with life. And that's where this verse comes in. Because they said, Lord, how can that be? And God says, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. And although I've asked you to stay in this situation or the circumstances, because I've asked you, there's a purpose in it. And we need to remember that no matter what we're going through in life, when we have committed our lives to God and we are trusting Him in our lives, He will eventually show us what His purpose is for us. 
Amen? Amen. So that's the context of that verse. It's an interesting game. Amen? But let me just say this this morning. It's more than simply achieving or accomplishing our goals. Becoming, you know, knowing what our destiny is. You see, I'm talking primarily now to, to believers at this point in time. And we've come uh, from it from a different perspective a little later. But as believers, see, here it is when we start thinking about purpose and destiny and things like that. It, it's there we have to be careful between what the Bible calls the flesh and the spirit. The flesh represents self-interest. The flesh represents wanting something simply for me to boast in, for me to boast, uh, to, to, to build up my own sense of importance of who I am. That's the flesh. And we've got to be careful in asking God to uh, uh, cause us to walk in his purpose and to know his purpose and to, to know our destiny. We have to be careful what our motiva motivation is. You see, the fact is we can choose after godly, we can even choose after godly pursuits and goals in the flesh. We can even seem to have success doing it. In fact, Jesus addressed that issue when he talked about the fact that there were going to be people who would stand before him in heaven one day and they're going to say, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. In other words, they would claim that they caused, they, 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 people were healed. They will claim that they did miracles. We did it in your name. And, and Jesus says there will be some like that in, in that day of judgment where he, God will turn around to them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. So that, that's the point. We can chase after godly pursuits and goals in the flesh. But in the end, it will not achieve us anything. We have to have the right motivation. And see, Jesus put it, this in perspective, didn't he, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so this morning, see, we're never going to be able to truly discern the difference between the flesh and the spirit. We're never going to be able to do that, okay, until we put godly practices in our lives, that we will condition our minds to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh or selfish uh, desires. This morning it's important as Christians <coughs> to recognize the link between our individual lives and the church. Mm -hmm. See, the New Testament scriptures remind us that we as individuals are joined together as the church. It tells us that we've been built up together to be a spiritual house. It tells us we are members one of another, just like the various parts of our bodies joined together make one body. And what this means is that the visible church and transformation church is the sum total of our individual lives. We need one another. And so what's the point? The point is simply this. You cannot get to your destiny. You cannot achieve your destiny. You cannot 
know what it is to for the purposes of God to be worked out in your life apart from the church. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Because that is God's way of working in our lives. And, and uh, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, tells us about that. I'll leave that with you. So it's important that we see this matter this morning, this matter of destiny and purpose in its full God-given perspective. From a Christian's perspective, the answer to all the questions must always be found in, in the context of God's purpose for our lives, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in the church, whether it's, uh, uh, even if it is our calling to bring kingdom values into the secular realm. It all must be found in the context of God's purposes. See, it's not about where I can satisfy my ambition or need for significance. Because the most important thing is God and his purposes, not my purpose. Now, God does have a purpose for me. But ultimately, it's not about my purpose. It's about God's purposes. And whether I am in that place where that can take place. It's about finding my place within the body of Christ. That God has marked out for me. Where I can make the greatest contribution for the good and the advancement of the kingdom of God. Okay, so that is the broad perspective. But that doesn't stop us from being required to pursue it with all of our ability. Amen? It's something to pursue with all the effort. As believers, God has a purpose for each one of us to fulfill. Put the next slide up, please. These are some scriptures. It says, in him... We have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I'm just going to leave that up as we move on. There's not one of us here today. There's not one of us here today for whom God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for your life. And so this morning, by the help of God's Holy Spirit, I trust, okay, that there will be awakened within you a deep longing, a hunger, and thirst for God's purposes to be outworked and fulfilled in your life. Let me say that again. My desire this morning is to awaken within you a deep longing and hunger and thirst for God's purposes to be outworked and fulfilled in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, there is, there's a place that God wants to bring us to, to uh, this morning. No matter how significant or insignificant it may be in the eyes of men, it is important as any other role. As each of us find that setting in ministry, we'll, we'll see the kingdom of God advance and grow amongst us. Amen. Wow, I've got so much to go through. I'm going to try to uh, cut this down a little bit. Just a reminder, next slide, please. God has promised a full and rewarding life. You'll show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand at pleasures forevermore. 
John 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I always like to remind people about when we read this verse, don't think of money and material things. The abundant life God wants to give you is far deeper than that. Far more meaningful than that. So never just take this verse and think, oh, God intends that I'd be rich. I'll have wealth. I'll have this. That's not what this verse means. God wants you to have an abundant life, a full life, amen, a satisfying life. Praise his wonderful name. See how plans and decisions of life should evolve and revolve around the destiny God has ordained for our lives. Amen? See, in the end, there really isn't anything else worth living for. Wow, we're going to get back to that a little bit later. Um, in Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus said this, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? That's the perspective. That's God's perspective on what our goal should be in life. And so let me put the next slide up. Trust this morning that you're going to be encouraged to wholeheartedly embrace that God has a purpose for your life. No matter who you are here this morning. There's some scriptures where there is no revelation. The people cast off strength, but happy is he who keeps the law. We need, God talked to us about revelation this morning. Having an under, a fresh understanding of what God's purposes are for us in the life. To walk in truth, to walk in dignity, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's called us, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before Time began. So our purpose is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Just briefly, I just want to say, so so where, where do we go from there? Okay, what, what do we have to do? First of all, we need to be committed to pursue it. We need to be committed to pursue it. I want to encourage everyone to make that determined commitment to seek after God this morning and his purposes. Some maybe you say, well, I'm already committed. And so I want to just simply encourage you to press on even further. Amen? Okay. Secondly, it means that we're not we're to hold nothing back. Well, God, I'm prepared to go this way. I'm prepared to do this, but this I'm not prepared. When it comes to the purposes of God, there must be full surrender. <laughs> must be a full commitment to following him. And it means being sensitive to recognize sometimes the define, that are defined. How many know there are defining moments in our lives? Moments in our lives when we come face to face, we have to make a decision. And so I want to I encourage you to, uh, this morning to ask God to help you to be sensitive to and to recognize in maybe a defining moment in life where God by his Holy Spirit wants to lead us 
and direct us in our lives. God wants to point you in one way. Come to a decision and, and, you know, so come to the fork in the road sometimes in life, don't we? You come down and we're going down the road and then suddenly the, we have to make a decision. Are we going to go right or are we going to go left? And, and you know, there are many make, uh, opportunities in life when that happens. And we have to be led by the Holy Spirit to know whether to go right or to go left. Okay. And so I have to ask God to show us what, what, what his ways are. You see, a, t- a moment maybe when we, we are called to come into agreement with his purpose and calling. Not our, our ways. Okay, secondly, thirdly then, we need to recognize that our destiny is, individual destiny is unique. It's not about copying somebody else. It's not about... You know, we, 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 we sometimes think, oh, that preacher, I'd like to be able to preach like that person. Or that, that person has such a, a wonderful singing ministry. I want to sing like that person, and so on. God's purpose for you is unique. Don't, uh, don't chase after someone else's gifting. God has a gifting for you. God has a purpose for you in life. Amen? We need to stop trying to duplicate someone else's ministry. God has a new ministry for you, perfectly suited to you, perfectly suited to your gifting, your ability, your personality, your character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so, in the end, you see, we have no real purpose outside of God's purpose. No real purpose outside of God's purpose. The other thing we, another thing we need to do this morning with regard to this subject is accept that God is already at work in our lives. Do you believe that? Okay. God is always at work in our lives. It is God that works in you, the Word of God says, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. Another point I want to make is this. You can trust God to complete his work in you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says this, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ appears. God will complete the work. God is already at work in your life. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your personal Savior, He's already at work in your life. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Pastor Rich talked last week, he's, he's given you the anointing. Amen? He's at work, and not only is at at work, but he will complete it. Amen? Hallelujah. Another thing is, you know, that as we go down that road of uh, walking in God's will and God's purposes, sometimes we come up against enemies. We come up against, uh, uh, you know, things that are hindrances. But we can all, uh, this morning I want to encourage you, God's presence will give you courage. God's presence will give you courage. I'm sure you're familiar with the, the verse in Joshua. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Is that, is that an encouragement to you this morning? Amen. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God 
is with you wherever you go. Praise his name. Hallelujah. And so for just summarizing, uh, coming towards the end here. Okay, put the next slide up, please. We need to always remember that the word of God is our guide. The word of God is our guide. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Secondly, secondly, next slide, please. The Holy Spirit is my helper. The word of God is my guide. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Amen? I'm not going to read the scriptures. You can maybe <coughs> look at them again sometime. And thirdly, thirdly, next slide, please. Fellowship is the environment. Fellowship is the environment. The word of God is my guide. The Holy Spirit is my helper. But fellowship is the environment. Amen? God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Not avoiding worshiping together, some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. You see so many people these days claiming, well, I can, uh, I can meet with God at home. I can meet my God by myself. Yes, you can. But if you want to grow, you have to be in fellowship with God's people. Because that's how God works in our lives, through his, by his Holy Spirit. Amen? So God, developed, God helps us to become, uh, reach our destiny. Amen? And it's over a lifetime. It's not sometimes, you know, uh, you know, microwave Christianity. It's not microwave Christianity. Okay? God does it over a lifetime. Now, maybe there's someone here today who has never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And therefore, you're saying to yourself, well, you know, everything looks so attractive outside of the church, apart from the church. Um, uh, the ways of the, uh, of the world around me are seen, uh, offer me so much. Why should I accept Christ and live for him? Why should I accept Christ and live for him? Why should I throw my life into living for God's purposes. I suppose the question is simply this. Will living according to the ways of the world give you the fulfillment you are looking for? Put the next slide up. This is the next one. Okay. Okay. This is a, maybe a little bit old, but it's probably still the same today. The study of over 2,000 male executives. They were asked that despite years spent striving to achieve their professional goals, their lives seemed empty and meaningless. 68% of senior executives said they had neglected their families to pursue professional goals, and half said they would spend less time working and more time with their wives and children if they could start over again. And so... The consulting company says the question that men are asking today is, what am I doing all this for? What am I doing all this for? Okay. So the question, you know, why should I go down the ways of the world? Well, they don't necessarily meet your needs. And I could go on, and, you know, if I, I, I'm amazed. I don't know about you. Um, I, I have, uh, you know, the internet and I have a home page on my 
computer or you know on, on the internet and things like that. I, I want to tell you, uh, just looking at those ad lines is, is a, a complete revelation. Whether it's those who are seeking fame through, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the m media or the, uh, acting and all those things, or money and all those things. Every day, there's evidence right up on the front of my own page that this world is not meeting the needs of men and women. Murders, suicides, and so on. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Okay. What did the Bible say about it? Go back to the next last slide. Last slide. No, go back. It's an interesting verse. Ecclesiastes. Who wrote Ecclesiastes? Anybody know? King Solomon. King Solomon. And this is what he says. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. You want a definition of hedonism? Solomon had 600 concubines. 600 concubines. And this is his, his view, his conclusion at the end of it all. Okay? And then Proverbs later says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like the eagle. There's only one lasting thing in life, and that is God and his purposes. Amen? There's only one lasting thing in life, and that is God and his purposes. I want to do something right now. I want to do something right now. Is it worth it? Is God worthy of us giving ourselves to him? Okay. There's an old song. It says, Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. For thou hast created as all things created. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are created. Thou art worthy, O Lord. I want to I want to say to you this morning, God is worthy of us giving our lives to him. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand this, this morning. I believe that this is going to be a starting point of maybe uh, giving yourself afresh to God. But by first of all, recognizing that he's worthy. He's worthy. Amen?